With the City Business Advantage Platinum Select World MasterCard, you can turn staplers and more into a new adventure when you earn American Airlines Advantage miles on all your business purchases, from office supplies to airline tickets to car rentals. Find out more at city.com slash fly. Blog Talk Radio. edition of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on twitter.com slash joykeys, and you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm also on Instagram right now. Check me out, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Thank you so much for your support past the million downloads of the podcast. Like, wow. I can't believe you guys want to listen to my crazy voice all the time, <laughs> but I'm glad and um, I'm happy for the support. Um, again, just wanted to say thank you guys for that. Well, tonight, wow, amazing, just multifaceted talent. She has been described as a talented, versatile singer, songwriter, musician with a profound ear for sonic Americana, from folk to funk, from blues to rock. Toshi Reagan. Good evening. Thank you so much for calling in tonight. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me, and congratulations on a million downloads. That's so exciting. It is amazing. I mean, the power of the people. You know, you don't know when you start down a path if it's the right path, but then things like that happen, and you say, well, I guess I'm going down the right path. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you have to say that. So I want to say congratulations to you because uh, you were named a Ford Foundation Art of Change Fellow this year, 2015. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a great honor. Um, the list of, of of people on there is pretty exciting. And uh, the Ford Foundation um, is just really continuing its commitment of uh, creating uh, change on the planet and um, leaving those stone unturned, you know, reaching out to the artists, um, and uh, it's, it's been really exciting. It's been really a, a great thing. So let's start at the beginning. What's your first memory of music in your house? What do you remember first? Um, I have really a uh, singing house. You know, my mom uh, sang to us all the time, and uh, if we were at my grandma's, my aunt's, um, sang all the time, and uh, you know my grandma would take us to church. It was music, so I think it just—I just remember being sung to all the time. Like my mom sang mm. to me before before I went to sleep. Um, you know, all of the game, children's games we learned had music in them. It, um, it just just there's always been music around me. Let me just tell the audience: some people may not know who your mother is. <laughs> 
Dr. Bernice Johnson Reagan, and she's a founder of Sweet Honey in the Rock, one of my favorite groups. They were actually on the podcast a couple years back. Love their music as well as your music, and um, definitely the gene it's some genetic thing going on <laughs> with the music uh, in your family. Um, now, what did you say to yourself, I want to be a musician? I mean, were you, like, following your mom, or were you rebellious? Like, I don't want to be like my mom, and then it just caught you like a bug. What happened? No, my mom's really cool. She's a good person, and um, she never put any pressure on me or my brother about, what we were going to do with our lives. She was. She really made it very open. And uh, my first music was everywhere. I, I sang from an early age. I The first instrument I probably tried to play were, were drums. I would just bang on anything. But my first love was sports. Um, so I really wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to be a football player. And um, and I, I played in any sports I could I could get into. And uh, and then I had an accident playing baseball when I was 12. And uh, mm. when I had had the accident, the doctor said it was pretty serious um, hip injury, and I wouldn't be able to run anymore. And so right there in the doctor's office, I was like, "Well, I'm going to be a musician." So, <laughs> and then I I just I just switched right right there. I just was like, "Okay, well, that's not going to work." Um, yeah. But you know, some say. Uh, you know how sometimes people say your, your ancestors push you down and get you on the right path. Some people say mm-hmm. they just push mm-hmm. you down so you would you would do what you were supposed to be doing. Um, and definitely doing what I was supposed to be doing. I just want to let the audience know that was Beauty I had played from uh, there and back again, your album from 2011. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to slide across the floor, I, even though I'm, i got my headphones on, I'm like, you know, do my little James Brown move or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I love that I mean, song, and that's that's my girl Michelle and Deggio Cello playing bass on that song. Okay, okay, yeah, definitely. I can that'll do that. Help the funk. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that'll definitely help the funk. Um, she she's been on here a couple times. Um, so now, how do you choose what's going to go on the album? Because you have a variety. We'll play some other songs, some some folk, some slow. Do you mm-hmm. choose, do you talk to um, other people to consult and say, you know, I'm trying to make a difference here? Or How do you make the decision what goes on the album? Um, I'm a very organic person. Um, that record in particular, is, it's one of my favorites because I made it with um, one of my favorite collaborators, uh, the guy I play drums with, um, Bobby Burke, who's also known as his nickname is Chicken. And um, (laughs) for real. And the way we created that record, I actually didn't write any songs ahead of time. I just went up to his his place where he had a studio, and we'd sit around and we'd drink some wine and we'd have a conversation, and I'd start, you know, playing something on a guitar, and then he'd, He'd sit around, and then he'd go, you know, it sounds like you got something there, and then boom, then uh, that song would happen. And we did that over the course of 10 months. And um, I'd just go up, like, once a month and then get two or three songs done. Um, and then after that, it was it was done. It was finished. And we I love the collection that we came up with. And uh, one of the songs, There and Back Again, um, is one of my mom's favorite songs. I ever wrote, so uh, that's that's why the record is named after it. 
Oh, that is so yeah. nice. Let me let me play the song you sent me um, in my hands. That's from There and Back Again, uh, Toshi mm-hmm. Reagan. That's another jam. That's another great jam from there and back again, uh, Toshi Reagan, 2011. I'm going to be giving away some of your music for people to download from iTunes, so people definitely stay tuned. Follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. Become a fan on Facebook Saturday mornings with Joy Keys so that you can possibly win some of her music. Now, you know, how many instruments do you play? Um, I, without embarrassing anybody, <laughs> I can play three. I play guitar, drums, and bass. Okay. And which one's yeah. your favorite, do you think? Uh, I love them all, but the one you'll see me with the most is the guitar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what yeah, that's what I usually mhm. Mm-hmm. Now, do you like to sing collaborations? Because some of your albums you're singing with other people, um, and then sometimes you're singing by yourself. W- what do you like? Are are you wanna be the loner or are you like the band collaborations? Yeah, I mean I I definitely end up making a lot, uh, playing a lot of instruments and uh, singing a lot of voices on on my records. Um, and I grew up and uh, went to the studio with my mom. Actually, one of the first records I worked on with her uh, was uh, called River of Life, and she made that record by herself. And I think she really um, taught me how you can sing all, all your vocals um, and have this mm-hmm. choral congregational sound by yourself, and you kind of place different energy into each of the lines you sing. And uh, there's a project my mother and I did, um, Africans in America, a score for the, that television show, and a lot of the songs are just me and my mom singing, and people are always like, oh, that's sweet honey in a rock. I'm like, no, it's just me and my mom. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's it's been uh, I really love doing that, but I am in a community of amazing artists, and so I can't be. I I have to work with different people, uh, mostly live. A lot of my projects now, I, they're huge. You know, I I mm-hmm. kind of have like seven people, or Parable Project has eighteen people in it. And mm. next next March, I'll be back at the Annenberg with a a project called Celebrate the Great Women of Blues and Jazz, and that's an all women's. Um, vocal instrument solo ensemble of sixteen women. So yeah. I, yeah, I like to I like to keep the company. <laughs> I, I see, I see. Now let me mention mm-hmm. to the audience that you are coming to Philadelphia um, this week um, at the Annenberg uh, to work on or present um, your piece dealing with Octavia Butler's book Parable of the Sower, um, the concert version. Um, mm-hmm. and um, like you said, you're, you have a lot of people in that. Now, how did you choose who was going to be in that? Is that just organic also, or you knew in your head, oh, I know I want this person, I want that person? 
she can yeah. do this, he can do that. Um, I picked um for the for this uh workshop version where we um really I mean it will be um hopefully around two thousand seventeen a fully realized opera. Um, for this version I picked people mostly that had worked with me and my mom before because of okay. uh the nature of our composition. Um it takes a while for people to uh, to learn, and so over the years we've just got a great community of of really talented um, vocalists and actors. And so I asked them first because uh, you know, and some of them had worked with this material before. Um, so we were just we just really wanted to be at home. Story is about family and it's about community, and so we thought it'd be really important to. Um, actually, for the audience to actually feel like they're witnessing a community um, as they sit and listen to uh, what we do. Uh, so every most of the people have, have worked with us a lot, and they're all outstanding. Let me just mention to the audience, Octavia Butler is one of the great African-American uh, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, what do they call it, uh, dystopian. Uh, she writes about <laughs> the future and the, and the breakdown of the president. And, and where are we going? And uh, this particular book, Parable of the Sower, the, the main character is a, is a young lady, and she's trying to create a, a, a community because her community has been destroyed. Um, and mm-hmm. then the book talks about her travels uh, along the way. If you have not read Octavia Butler, you don't know what you're missing. Seriously, you mm-hmm. need to pick up any one of her books, um, and you will be drawn in, sucked in. Um, she is like amazing multifaceted you will want to sit like for a whole weekend and read her books let's put it that way once you pick it up yeah um i don't know that's my feeling what do you think toshi (laughs) i think she's amazing and um she you know the thing about her is science fiction felt very limiting to her in terms of a description of what she was doing and i think she um like tony morrison um even though they're writing fiction they're actually drawing maps and giving you know, I don't know, lack of better word, like medicine, you know, like if you read their books, mm-hmm. you will actually learn some life life truths and you will get help, you know, because their stories yeah. are familiar. So even though her stories, you know, um, some of them have aliens in them and some of them time travel and some of them um, deal with, with things that don't feel like us, they are all about us. And they're all about our possibilities, and they're all very expansive. And um, so I always I pick like when people are trying to get into her world, I pick uh, I always tell people they could start with Kindred or the Dawn series. Um, Dawn because mm-hmm. it's three books in a, it's three books in a row, and and Kindred right. because um, it deals with uh, slavery and time travel. Um, but you think terrible. Wild Seed is a little too much for them? <laughs> no, I think Wild Seed yeah. um, is is amazing too. But that's these are the ones I always start people out on. Um, and yeah. it's terrible. It, it is is definitely a good one. Octavia wrote that book thinking about um, Jesus and thinking about like, okay, Jesus is is born into a very chaotic time where people are starting to exploit. God and take ownership of God and charge mm-hmm. money for to worship God and um, create a context for living that's just not sustainable um, and where the priorities are off. And so death death and violence 
and discard for life and beauty are, are, you know, everything's running rampant and people are just having such a hard time living minute to minute and it seems like the society doesn't care. Like we have just way off our moral compass and so then Jesus comes along. And so in her book, she places us in a in a very similar state and then this young woman comes out of that state um yeah. and start and starts to move forward. So it's it's a good story for where we are now because of course how do you get there in two thousand twenty four? You know, it means in two thousand fifteen mm-hmm. you're letting it happen. So that's why <laughs> that's why we're doing it right away. Because we want to <laughs> spread the word. <laughs> we want to say no, yeah. we don't wanna let that happen. Right, right. Let me play some more yeah. of your music. This is um Have You Heard from your album, uh, 2005, Have You Heard? People start talking about religion. Um, we just had the Pope here uh, in Philadelphia. He was in New York and, and D.C. Um, they get a little nervous, um, you know, because sometimes that causes conflict and conversations. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about religion. I don't want to talk about politics. Um, but I think there's um, spirituality um, that even if you're not into Jesus, quote, unquote, if you're mm-hmm. not into Jesus, you will still be able to relate to her books. It's It's just... Um, like what she was saying earlier about us as individuals, as humans, even if there are aliens or it's 2025 or, you know, 2072 or whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's still something you can relate to because it's about relationships and about building relationships or breaking down relationships or how not mm-hmm. to break down a relationship. You know what I mean? I, I think that's um, the, the, the core of her of her writings there. Um, do you have a favorite story you like um, of hers? I mean, right now I'm really loving Parable because that's where my <laughs> my, my head is. And, you know, you're absolutely right about the religion thing. I mean, the book is about, a, a, a you know, a conflict. I mean, it's about a lot of conflicts. But, you know, one of the conflicts is between her and her father and her father mm-hmm. being a Baptist minister and her being like, I need to do something else. And, um and you know, my my God is different from your God. So um, I think it's I love I love that I love that exploration of of um, of sensibilities and uh, of belief systems and about uh, what it takes to to get you out of bed in the morning and what keeps you strong in the, in the worst times. Like I I love how much that is really looked at in that story. So. Right now, that's my favorite, but I'm sure I, it's changed over the years. And since I have everything she's ever written, I don't have to pick really. 
you know, it talks about not just, um, I guess, familiar relationships, but like uh, intimate relationships as well and mm-hmm. being tested to choose between, you know, your partner and the other com- the community, the larger community. Um, you know, that's something that we deal with today. You know, um, your partner wants to take a job across the country or outside mm-hmm. the country. Who knows these days? Do you go with them or do you stay um, mm-hmm. You know, you want to have kids. You don't want to have kids. Where you want to live? Where you want to bring these kids up? I mean, these are issues. And she's tested this main character in Parable of the Sower is tested. You know, um, about all these things. And for her, the overall community is most important. Um, and that's a big sacrifice because, in a sense, Jesus also sacrificed. If you think about it, he did not have. Well, some people believe he did have a family. Some people don't. Who knows? But, mm-hmm. you know, he sacrificed himself for the greater good, you know, for the greater mm-hmm. community, if you will. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you, we were talking earlier about children and having kids. You have a daughter. I also have a daughter. What are some things that um, you would teach her, maybe have already taught her, about relationships and going out into the world? What's, what's some of the most important things you might have taught her? Um, you know, young people are so incredible because I think they know more about where we are now than, you know, than I do. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like every young generation knows the temperature of the time we're in probably better than older generations. And, you know, I mean, if you go back, you know, looking at the civil rights movement and the civil rights movement of the 60s is on top of great, you know, civil rights movements of the 40s and the 50s. But it's the one mm-hmm. that we that it's the one that we all when we say civil rights movement it's what everybody thinks about first. We go back to that and, time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's teenagers, you know, there's teenagers doing the sit-ins, you know, there's teenagers jump, jumping on the marches. SNCC, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, was teenagers. So yeah. I think you know my daughter definitely is is um has her eyes on the time, and I think I give her some of that um good old-fashioned, I got your back, you know. I want her to feel like whatever she does in the world, she is not by herself and that I Mm -hmm. will move mountains to support her. And then, um, of course, I I have told her that she is living in a a very uh, interesting time because we are very, you know, we're on the edge of not not caring about life. And so Mm. many conditions on the planet... um, when you look at water scarcity, when you look at these these debates about what about using any method possible to to um to drill for oil, and then when you look at energy resources, yeah, yeah, energy resources, and then the criminalization of women, fracking, yeah, yes. fracking is another, yeah, yes. mm-hmm. you know, the criminalization of women for making decisions about their own bodies, and um these guys like outrageous and crazy GOP where. Even, you know, their head dude had to resign because he was like, I can't do nothing with them. Um, (laughs) Was that not crazy or what? He was crying. I was like, what the heck is going on here? Because I ain't like him. And then when he's like, okay, I can't even deal with these people, like, it lets you know the level of kind of like, you know, back to the wild, wild west days of, of running a country um, some some you know men want to get down to, um, and so her being a woman and uh, a young woman, and even I say to my young brothers um, and sisters out there that they have to be 
so much aware of the territory that's being shaped around them. And I really um I really say to them not to, to I said to use all of the technology they can get their hands on, but to go out and meet each other in person and go out and, and make relationships and and make circles and get to know each other and support each other and be generous with each other because the 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 twenty first century is gonna be very rocky for uh I think about twenty to thirty years. Um oh, it's definitely, be very definitely. I mean it's 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 already I was reading about Burning Man, I don't know if you know about that um festival and and the idea I mean I'm I'm not trying to uh, promote it or anything. I don't nobody's paying me. But just the idea of sharing and gifting and the humanity and regardless of, you know, ethnicity. I was reading an article about African Americans at Burning Man and how there are not that many, but don't be afraid to go and check it out because you can and um enjoy yourself and so on and so forth. So I think your point about, yes, let's use the technology to connect, which is awesome. You know, you can be in Abu Dhabi and I'm here in Philadelphia, or I can be in Australia and you can be in Japan and we're talking and we're collaborating and we can write a song together, we can write a book together, we can start a movement together. But, you know, um, face-to-face, there's this this energy, I think, of the physicality. I don't know. That's me. There's some there's some energy in the physicality of me standing next to you, five inches away or ten inches away. That that energy um, has power, you know. And I think um, the young people might lose that because their heads are texting, are facebooking, are snapchatting, you know, are instagramming themselves away. Really lift your heads up. Lift your heads up and see who's next to you, left and right, and have humanity and compassion. Because, for example, look at the guy. He's crying. I don't believe in his politics, but I did have some compassion for him. Like, damn, your dude is crying. Like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, he was, it's that deep. He was messed you know? up. Yeah. He was right. messed you know, up. He was so have compassion. Up. You know, don't, don't forget about yeah. compassion. Even if they don't look like you. They don't dress like you. I mean, unless they're trying yeah. to kill you, that's a different story. But really, have compassion. Don't just jump to conclusion because you don't want anybody to jump to conclusion about you. You no. know what I mean? So no. I think that's that's an important. Let me play some more of your music here. I want to play um, you. Um, this is um, also from Have You Heard. Um, actually, you know what? Let me play Mountaintop. I wanted to play the Mountaintop. This is uh, right from the Toshi, Toshi album. commend you for um being like fearless in the types of music that you play that you don't you don't have yourself in a box no seriously you know Mm -hmm. what i mean because um Mm -hmm. i just had a writer on here he he wrote a story about um a a, a autistic um classical music 
uh, a savant from the 1800s. It was it was a black guy, and um, he he started. He was like five or six, being able to play classical music and stuff. Um, mm. And you know, we were talking about the issue of what does it mean to be black. Right. Can you be black and be a classical musician? Can you be black and play mm-hmm. country? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are black people in the country, right? I mean, it's, right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can it just be white people playing country music when in those areas there are lots, of, mostly black people in those areas, more black people mm-hmm. down there than there are up north, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know. Give Give me your thoughts about what it means to be a, a, a black musician, if you will, if, you, if somebody tries to lay you that and put you in the box. What, what What's your response, or how do you, you know, feel well, about that? Well, I think that? you just you're just seeing the effects of, you know, of of commerce and commer- commercialism and racism, and um, uh, be- because before all of the the businesses, you know, started around art, um, people did what they wanted and they did what, you know, what came through them wherever they are, and mm-hmm. um, and then people saying what they had to sing to do what they had to do. So, you know, all, a lot of the music is created for, for wherever they were and what they were doing. You get great work songs and you get great, um, you know, blues and you get uh, great songs out of Appalachian and you get, you know, you get all kinds of things. And if you go look back, you know, there's there's songs about the gold rush and songs about the Revolutionary War and songs of, you know, uh, people who were made into slaves created, a whole legacy of music that had to do with, you know, um, awareness and instruction and, um, mm-hmm. and, and and being historians and also showing you a way out, you know, and that music is right. still very potent today. So once, um, you know, uh, even the music of the civil rights mo- movement, it was not made for the radio, you know, it was made to get something done. Um, so I think once, uh, you bring this machine in of ownership, it does what it always does. You know, it makes little boxes and containers in order to sell products. And all of that, the start of the music business, the start of the movie business, the start of sports, the start of all of the entertainment um, businesses were created during, um, you know, segregation and racism and at a time when women didn't have any rights. And so they mostly were created and defined economically based on a, you know, a, a horrible structure of, of capitalism that was made to benefit, you know, land-owning white men. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, right, and right. When you, you know, when you come out of that, then it's very narrow and limiting for everybody, you know, for everybody. Um, and, it, and to yeah, this day, Yeah, because you drink the Kool-Aid. The people drink the Kool-Aid as well, and so they limit themselves. That's what we were discussing, the writer and I, about how, African-Americans may drink the Kool-Aid and limit themselves on what they can play and who they can be and how they can be and and present mm-hmm. themselves in the world, you know. So I think um, don't limit yourself to the young people, to anybody. Don't limit yourself. You know, don't think that you can't walk on that side of the street or that you can't listen to that type of music or that, you know, you can't buy that type of soap or you can't put something in your hair or wear your hair a certain way. Do not limit yourself because... Yeah. Your power is in your in your um, expansiveness, your diversity. You know that is your power. Absolutely. I think to me. You know? Yeah. Well, let me well, again what, mention that you are at the. Um, go, go ahead. Sorry. What were you going to say? I just wanted to say. I mean, that's one thing I love about you know at least a lot of the young people I know is that they uh, you know one of the, the blessings I think of technology is that they can find and see anything. 
you know. So when we do the mm. Celebrate the Great Women of Blues and Jazz show, for example, none of the music is later than 1965. It starts in the 19th century, and it deals mostly with the first half of the 20th century. And lots of young people come to that show because they actually know who Bessie Smith is, and they know um, who Sister Rosetta Tharp is, and they know who the people are that we're, whose music we're dealing with. Um, because they have access to it in a way that, you know, I mean, I had to learn it and research it, but they click a button and they can see all of these people. They can see it um, already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you hear music now, and, uh, people sample a lot of the older music and the older sounds and then you create something new with it. So, um, I mean, I think that's one of the, the blessings of technology and that the ability to be able to, to uh, look at what came before you. Definitely. Well, I want to mention to the audience that you're at the Harold Prince Theater uh, the October 1st or the 3rd. Um, you're doing shows here in Philadelphia, so get your tickets. They're high. I'm going to be giving away some of your music, so please follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. Become a fan on Facebook. Also, you can follow Big Lovely One on Twitter um, and check the, her out uh, on uh, Facebook. They have a Facebook page for Toshi Reagan and Big Lovely. Big Lovely, uh, just for the audience, they don't know that's her um group um, that she's been with since 19, I think, 97, 96, something like that. 96. Um, you guys been together? Yeah. 96? Okay, yeah. So um, check check her out. And um, thank you so much for coming on this evening. I know you have a busy schedule, but thank you so much for coming on, Toshi. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. You have a great evening, and I hope to see you this week. Awesome. Thank you. I look forward to it. Okay. All right. Okay, bye. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with Toshi Reagan. Check her out. She's in Philadelphia this week, uh, the 1st to the 3rd at the Annenberg Center. There's still tickets available, so check her out. You can follow Big Lovely One on Twitter. You can also check her out on Facebook. Um, I'll be giving away some of her music, so follow again at Joy Keys. You can tag me on Instagram, which is Saturdays with Joy Keys, um, and uh, maybe you will be a winner. I'm going to leave you uh, with you from one of her uh, albums, Have You Heard, uh, 2005 album. All this hell been hell. None I 